um the debate that i am addressing in this presentation has to do with the distinction that nancy fraser introduces in her paper uh, the paper is called from redistribution to recognition dilemmas of justice in a post socialist age she also writes about this in justice Inter interruptus in this presentation basically i'll talk about her formulation of the distinction and also how other feminist scholars responded to it so um theoretically she's uh, fraser is making a distinction between recognition and redistribution now this analytical distinction has to do with economic justice uh, economic injustice and cultural injustice at the outset fraser is saying that uh, for social justice both recognition and redistribution is important um so she starts by arguing that in a post socialist life there is a decentering of class um this is also somewhat relevant in popular discourse about politics in india particularly among um particularly also something that can be noticed in student politics in universities the term identity politics has almost become a term that is spoken of as a mistake as if economic justice injustices are the most fundamental and caste and gender should only be understood with regards to class as a primary injustice um early communists in india were critical of ambedkar instead of befriending him they attacked him as the divider of working class a misleader of dalit masses an opponent of the national movement and a stooge of imperialists they derided him as a quote the reformist and separatist leader who kept the untouchable masses away from the general democratic movement and to foster the illusion that the lot of untouchables could be improved by reliance on imperialism end quote um anand tel tumre in his uh, in his book ambedkar and communism he complicates this relationship further but basically th this there is an argument to be made uh, that there is some kind of an antagonism that um some communist factions in india have had with re with with regards to rec recognition of caste as well as gender now uh, basically firstly i want to talk about the basic analysis that fraser is providing us she distinguishes between two kinds of injustices one is cultural injustice which is symbolic injustice which can be described as cultural domination as in uh, people being subjected to interpretations associated with another culture which is something very different from their own there is a lack of recognition so peoples are being uh, rendered invisible in terms of representation there is disrespect involved and the identity is being maligned repeatedly in stereotypical public culture or in everyday life uh she draws on fraser draws on two uh, sort of theoretical works to uh, outline what cultural injustice is um although she says that we only need like a rough account of what cultural injustice might mean in spite of this she talks about charles taylor who is drawing on hegel to argue that recognition is a basic human need on top of this she is also talking about axel honneth's idea of recognition where where they saying that insult or degradation is antithetic to appropriate recognition because it impairs people in having a positive conception of the self so this idea is basically what fraser defines as cultural injustice um economic injustice uh, on the other hand is the second kind of injustice which is rooted in political in the political economic structure of society um this would include economic marginalization having one's labor exploited being denied access to better wages and general deprivation of that kind there are many accounts of these theories like marx's theory of exploitation or amartya sen's idea of capabilities to function and so on but again like as um, in terms of cultural injustice fraser saying that we only need a rough idea of what economic marginalization may be and it would include a variety of different sorts of um, deprivations
now freezer is also saying that we are that she is aware that both of these are not separate airtight containers in society but they interact with each other her distinction is for the sake of analytical clarity um now why she is saying this is because she, according to her the remedies for both of these injustices are kind of different for economic injustice there needs to be some kind of economic or political restructuring which might mean uh, you might need to redistribute income or you might need to reorganize division of labor or uh, subject investment to democratic thinking all of these sort of remedies can be termed redistribution on the other hand for cultural injustice the remedy is symbolic change this would mean valorizing some kind of cultural diversity and revaluing disrespected identities this should be done so that everyone's sense of self improves this kind of a remedy would be understood to be recognition now both of these uh, she emphasizes that this distinction is only for analytical purposes um but there's a dilemma here now the dilemma she is drawing from real political movements where she is saying that recognition tends to focus on talking about specificity of a group and valuing it therefore it increases group difference this would be akin to women asserting a feminine identity or the assertion of caste identities by dalits in both cases there might be a kind of pride involved which had previously been been denied um on the other hand redistribution is about removing difference removing the difference for example the feminist demand to address the gender division of labor um this is a this is a great dilemma according to fraser she says that people who undergo cultural as well as economic injustice need to continue as well as deny their specificity so this is a dilemma that they'll have to face now how do we do this exactly so for that fraser says that we need to go into who are the groups who who face this sort of a dilemma firstly we'll firstly she tries to imagine two extreme ends of the group that suffer injustice one that can be remedied by redistribution and the other that can be remedied by recognition those on the middle are those who have to face the challenge of both of course we we know that these pure groups do not exist but again for the sake of analysis fraser is arguing for such a category so for the first one for economic injustice that is uh, the group that can only be that can be remedied by redistribution is the marxian category of the exploited class whose labor power is exploited in a capitalist society for private profit this is that first category that can be remedied uh, with the restructuring of economics on the other hand there might be categories of identities that is purely cultural in nature um, any economic uh, injustice that happens with them is rooted in the cultural identity of the collectivity for example uh, nancy fraser takes the example of um, what can be understood to be despised sexuality say homosexuals homosexuals do not lie at any particular point in the political economy they are not part of any particular division of labor or or they are not an exploited class as such um so whatever economic injustices that they are facing is because of their cultural identity as homosexuals but then fraser says that there are collectivities which are bivalent which are not on either of these two extremes um gender race and possibly caste as well although of course uh, fraser doesn't talk about caste are also identities like these on one hand there are things about the political economy that keeps women in undervalued low pay pink collar work um and also in jobs that are possibly un- unpaid this requires re- redistribution since there are class like qualities here similarly we can say this about caste as well that there are caste based jobs that continue to uh, uh, be done by uh, uh, dalits but there's also cultural injustice here 
for example with regards to uh, the feminine identity there's androcentrism and a general devaluation of things that are feminine these are relatively independent of the political economy so here's the dilemma the former would want to put gender out of business altogether but the latter will want to assert the specificity of the feminine gender so here she's offering two solutions in in terms of sort of two approaches so for example as far as sexuality is concerned let's talk about the two remedies that she's giving one is affirmation and the other is transformation so as far as sexuality is concerned which is a cultural injustice like she's argued uh, before um affirmative remedies would revalue the gay and lesbian identity right and the transformative remedies would be to challenge the hetero homo dichotomy itself the idea is to destabilize this identities in the long run um another example as far as the exploited class is concerned um which is an economic injustice and a matter of redistribution an affirmative um, remedy would be to take from better off classes to do social welfare to those who are underemployed or unemployed so instead of removing class distinctions um fraser is arguing that this will actually create antagonistic relations between the classes it may even begin to seem that this group is getting undeserved privileges so while the aim of affirmative remedies is to recognize an equal worth of people it may so happen that the process will do misrecognition or negative recognition this is something that fraser is arguing this can also be an argument i mean this is also somewhat of an argument that is sometimes made with regards to affirmative action with regards to caste class uh, sorry caste uh, gender or race on the other hand transformative tactics fraser argues changes the entire system therefore these classes are not created who seem to be on the receiving end of the welfare so um uh, basically what what uh, fraser is trying to um, prevent is to say that sometimes transformative remedies are at odds with the affirmative remedies for the other um so affirmative remedies for um uh, recognition will sort of go against the transformative remedies of redistribution so basically she is arguing for the idea that there should be transformative remedies for all kinds of injustices and um uh, in the long run this is the only way to sort of um fix this dilemma and this tension that exists in current political movements um now in response to this iris young wrote the paper on ruly categories a critique of nancy fraser's dual systems theory where basically young is saying that fraser is calling an our attention to an important issue um where sometimes cultural uh, aspects of identities are overemphasized as opposed to material inequalities um an example for this might be that when uh, some student activists attempt to address a lack of representation in curriculum forgetting the need to look at inequality and disadvantage in the whole structure of the university but young argues that fraser is exaggerating the degree to which cultural struggles are dissociated from economic struggles in fact she sees little evidence of this happening in racial or gender politics if black people are asserting an african american identity they do so to always to create solidarity in predominantly black neighborhoods which can then improve their material conditions again this is this uh, this sort of an argument can also be made with regards to caste that if dalits are asserting their caste identity it is to improve material con- conditions in institutions and to develop a kind of solidarity that otherwise marxists would argue should only be there with regards to class basically young's issue with fraser is that she is theorizing with a dichotomy that does not exist in reality young herself has explicated plural categorization of oppression uh, which includes exploitation marginalization powerlessness cultural imperialism and violence 
she does this in her book uh, justice and politics of difference um uh, basically she she is arguing for a uh, for for um um a more diverse a more plural kind of categorization of oppression um and the idea of recognition and redistribution is not something that she agrees with uh yang also proposes a fourfold categorization of how to evaluate justice in social institutions um instead of talking about economic and cultural injustice she talks about um how the patterns of distribution um there are four things that she talks about uh one the patterns of distribution of goods in the system second um the division of labor third how decision making power is organized in the institution and fourth whether the cultural meanings enhance the self respect and self expression of all the members involved now for example she says that in thinking about environmental justice it is not enough to look at sites that are hazardous but we all which would which would become a redistribution issue but we also have to see how these sites are decided in the first place because of the decision making power in the organization similarly the gender division of labor is not um about fundamentally altering or redistributing tasks but also in realizing the importance of care work that is generally performed by women um <clears throat> in similar lines in encountering develop- development arturo escobar outlines how latin american peasants struggle with various actors in development over the cultural interpretation of political economy terms like land resources property tools labor etc Escobar argues that the project of cultural affirmation and the struggle against exploitation is one and the same it is through undermining socially produced forms of identity that capitalist regimes destroy cultural practices so this is sort of the argument that could be made where uh, where uh, which is a which is a somewhat of a post structuralist argument that in um, in in um, uh, in defining and articulating terms and um, knowledge products is how cultural practices are destroyed and then you know consent is developed for exploitation young agrees that recognition as being an end to itself for political struggles is not a good idea but the remedy to this is to reconnect it to political economic goals not to completely deny cultural um, injustice um however fraser tends to posit this movements as only being about recognition young doesn't agree the movement she says in fact uh the movements that she's talking about that fraser is talking about are actually very crucially linked to social and economic goals uh, for example if fraser is arguing that the case of homosexuals is a pure case of injustice and recognition um but uh, young argues that heterosexism is deeply about economics as well that those who are on the wrong side of heterosexism they face many exploitative uh, circumstances and systemic ex- exclusion from resources jobs and many other state provisions like health as well um the reason why blacks or immigrants or muslims affirm a cultural specificity is to basically destroy the naturalized construction of these groups as being raced it is to encourage solidarity against harmful stereotypes um even if there are movements that take recognition as an end to itself it is because they think that it is an important step in an economic in uh, economic development like for example if uh, blacks are pushing for uh, black only schools or universities it is done so that blacks are best prepared to take on a generally white dominant world um now this has been iris young's argument and nancy fraser in a very short piece sort of um, um, responds to 
to this um where where in her central argument is about um uh, is is on the basis of analysis so uh, fraser argues that young has distorted her argument on three analytical levels um the first one being a philosophical one wherein um, fraser is saying that um, uh, the the idea of recognition and justice has been written about previously secondly uh, in terms of socio theoretical uh, uh, in a socio theoretical manner um wherein um, uh, the way in which the capitalist mode of production has placed us in um, in this sort of mode of thinking and what young claims to be a dichotomy is actually what fraser calls perspectival duality um um and then what she's saying is that there is some sort of an explanatory power in the two categories that fraser is making and she says this this is because she um, her examples the um the kind of movements and the kind of uh, um uh, examples that she's taking are uh, they can be explained with fraser's theoretical framework but uh, that cannot be done um with young's framework and the third uh, basis on which um, uh, fraser argues that young has not understood her argument is political that she's saying that these tensions that she's talking about the fraser's talking about do exist in the real world uh, in real world politics and theorists must identify them and be critical of them um it is also not necessary that those who aim for cultural recognition are always doing so with the larger aim of economic restructuring we also have to ask if these hopes are legitimate or not um we cannot assume that these tensions will just get resolved if there is some kind of a coalition um they need to be particularly looked at as to what is the solution to the um difference um another response in this debate now um comes from judith butler in her paper titled merely cultural now this somewhat uh, it takes somewhat of a different approach in addressing the issue with cultural studies and post structuralism that orthodox orthodox marxist takes um this is also partially my reason for having chosen this topic because this conflict has um, also sort of affected my understanding of politics in some way because um there is somewhat of a distinction between uh what what uh, what some uh, marxists might claim is um, identity politics and it is divisive especially when when one talks about um, caste or gender um butler interestingly starts to talk about this sokal affair which is the which is when alan sokal submitted an article to the journal social texts to expose the lack of research rigor in um, cultural studies generally as a field so she's saying what's the issue here you know the issue here she according to her is that the purpose um of this particular act was to occupy the same media that is the center of the critique of those you are trying to parody and then try to gain some power through this fame so in this way the parody is paradoxical um uh, eventually uh, what she is basically saying is that the charge the new social movements these days are about something that is quote merely cultural as- assumes that the distinction between the material and the cultural is a stable one the issue here that she is posing is that it ignores all the contributions since althusser's challenge to the base superstructure model so here she is talking about the work done by people like raymond williams and stuart hall um she is also criticizing the way in which orthodox marxists are calling for a kind of unity and that and that movement about what is merely cultural breaks this unity of course one can ask which are these movements which are relegated to the realm of what is considered to be merely cultural 
um these movements are generally have to do with gender or race or caste maybe this unity has been created with the exclusion of some those who are saying that these are the movements which are merely cultural do not really ask of the historical reasons for the development of these movements the kind of solidarity that orthodox marxists are looking for cannot come through coercion or the deliberate removal of these differences um is what uh, butler is arguing <clears throat> feminist politics are sometimes about social or economic struggles she says and sometimes they are about cultural struggles but queer politics are generally understood to be about what is considered to be merely cultural uh, you know here she sort of brings in fraser saying that she um she's not um, um she's not bringing up anyone else other than fraser to sort of talk about orthodox marxists um as it were um so as far as fraser is concerned she says that um um uh, uh identity politics has almost become a derogatory term for feminist anti racist or anti heterosexist politics this might also be somewhat true for um, anti caste politics um in um, in german um in in german in in the book um, in the work the german ideology marx famously wrote and i quote men who daily remake their own life begin to make other men to propagate their kind the relation between man and woman parents and children the family end quote according to many socialist feminists engels articulation of materialist conception is also the mode of production of immediate life this is of food shelter tools and so on but also the production of human beings themselves the propagation of the species Gail Rubin among other people therefore argue that the normative production of gender is important to keep the family intact which is what then aids in the gendered reproduction of the worker and the sexual division of labor socialist feminists do argue that gender and sexuality reproduce the normative family which is still a material conception so then why is this acceptance dropped when the question is a queer question of the non normativities that are suffering within the terms or or non terms um and how can we even distinguish between the cultural and the material the non recognition of homosexuals is what disallows them the opportunity to be a family which is considered to be an economic unit for all intents and purposes how is this not an issue of material conception these are some of the key questions that uh, butler is raising um so how do we another question that she is also raising is how is Um, how can we fail to realize the functioning of normative sexuality is what keeps the political economy of our times possible a turn towards levi strauss butler argues imported the imported the critique of the exchange of women into marx's thought about gender and family if women are considered a gift under certain circumstances then this is neither an issue of the cultural sphere or the material sphere in fact this is exactly the kind of thing that destabilizes the distinction between the two um therefore butler what butler is eventually arguing is that sexual politics does not only belong to either the cultural or the material sphere but is actually the reason why there is uh, why uh, why one confounds the very distinction between the two um the final response to this sort of debate is uh, by fraser in her paper heterosexism misrecognition and capitalism um where initially at the outset she sort of expresses uh, uh the 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 idea that it is unfortunate that it is her work that is being used to frame an argument against orthodox marxism uh that terms queer struggles as being merely cultural fraser actually does not share this idea she says but she does disagree with butler on other matters um firstly uh, so what does she disagree with butler on 
the first thing is that the, she disagrees with Butler on the idea of what is the enduring legacy of Marxism and what are the relevant lessons that we need to learn as far as socialist feminism is concerned. Um, secondly, uh, what are the past of what are the parts of post-structuralist thought that are relevant and which also keep in mind a materialistic conception? And thirdly, what is the nature of contemporary capitalism? These are the three key agreements, uh, disagreements that Fraser has with Butler. So for one, she says that identities, she doesn't say, Fraser like, clarifies that she's not saying that identities are merely cultural. These are words that Butler is using. She says that certain identities are purely about cultural recognition, but she does not mean that there is no injustice or harm involved here. Butler argues that the oppression that homosexuals face in the US is not a matter of simple misrecognition. She argues that this, uh, uh, th she argues against this that Butler is assuming the injustice of recognition must be non-economic. This is not a claim that Fraser has been making. And no point does she think that these, these injustices are merely symbolic. Um, Fraser has an issue with Butler's claim that the uh, that sexual regulation is a part of the economic structure by definition. What it actually does is it dehistoricizes the idea of economic structure. If anything, Fraser argues, the relationship between sexuality and the idea of surplus value has been attenuated because of personal life, wherein intimate relations like love, sexuality, friendship, they do not have much to do with the family. This is what is the argument here to make that the contemporary nature of capitalism is different. And this is where Fraser disagrees with Butler. The functionalist argument that Butler makes that uh, capitalism intends uh, to restrict the movement of homosexuals because it threatens the work workability of the system um, uh, and that the capitalist system requires that homosexuality remain abject. Um, this might be true according to Fraser. Fraser, if homosexuals were a class of laborers who needed to be kept in place, like what is the case with um, African laborers, for example. This is why those who are against homosexuals getting rights are not um, are, uh, are not big corporations, actually. But big corporations actually help in doing this. But those who are religiously and culturally conservative, these are the people who are against the idea of homosexuals getting rights. Um, on, a, on similar lines, um, as a side note, if one thinks about um, caste-based oppression also, in terms of what Fraser is saying, um, it uh, as simply as uh, Fraser has... Uh, uh, talked about homosexuals not being a class of laborers, that cannot be said for caste. Um, that the capitalist system does definitely require uh, caste-based jobs to remain as they are. Um, it is uh, also, of course, a, a, a functionalist sort of an argument does it somewhat hold true. Um, of course, <clears throat> of course, uh, uh, there, are, there are generally uh, theoretical issues with holding functionalist arguments because it suggests that uh, uh, the structure is one whole big structure where everything just comes together to um, uh, to create a society but this misses the gaps in the structure um, anyway uh, Fraser reiterates her arguments as such the reasons for the economic issues that homosexuals face has to do with recognition and it is not directly part of the economic system um, uh, so functionalism also, like I said already, that it, it, it ignores gaps in that it makes the capitalist system seem as if it is one seamless structure with parts that all reinforce each other. Um, and Fraser says that we should leave that as an outdated system of explanation. 
Um, in response to Butler's argument about the distinction between the material and the cultural, Fraser argues that her distinction between recognition and redistribution was actually not based on the ontological difference between material and culture, but a socio-theoretical difference between economic and the cultural. Um, so why does uh, Fraser says that Butler's destabilization argument doesn't hold? That it doesn't uh, that the questions that she raises does not really destabilize the dif- distinction between um, culture and material, cultural and material. And there are two reasons for this. Firstly, uh, she's applying a pre-capitalist Butler is applying a pre-capitalist understanding of a lack of distinction between between the economic and the cultural to talk about modern capitalism. Um, and secondly, according to Fraser, Le- Levi Strauss' work does not destabilize the distinction, but actually only historicizes it. And this does not, does not mean that the distinction becomes useless. On the point where uh, Fraser eventually agrees with Butler is that even though Butler does not want to use the language of social justice, they might agree on the fact that recognition and redistribution are both important to the agenda. Analytically, Fraser makes some interesting points. However, one also has to keep in mind was Iris Young and Judith Butler both argue about real-world politics. Um, Both of them make some uh, valid arguments about the denial of um, uh, an identity that is based in cultural, uh, uh, in the cultural sphere and uh, to bring it down to only really be a harm uh, as far as uh, class is concerned would be to do great disservice to the kind of oppression that people face and to also understand what kind of injustices people face so while fraser is may not uh, fraser may not be the subject of uh, the kinds of the kind of arguments that um, young and butler are both making they do speak to uh, modern politics in a way that um, bring up some of the uh, challenges uh, to uh, to movements that are based in um, cultural reaffirmation. So in that sense, um, I think that even now this debate is sort of uh, quite uh, relevant. Yeah, thank you.